0: You Freeze and the Auburn Tigers sealed the deal on signing day. You are Locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked on Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me to recap signing day is the one and only Daryl Daprich, Montgomery, Radio Vet, where we're talking about the seventh-ranked class in all of college football, regardless of if you look at on three or 247. The Auburn Tigers finishing seventh in all of college football and fourth in the new SEC since Texas is up there. This is huge, Daryl. When you talk about just 365 days ago, we were rejoicing that we got into the top 20 because of some of the flips that this coaching staff pulled off. And now there's a section of the fan base that's like, oh, we're only seventh? Incredible. Incredible what this staff pulled off and finished yesterday.
1: Very underrated point. I was thinking about that as well before we went, you know, hit record that last year we were yeah. psyched. I mean, you know what, you free salvaged. A couple things. I, I said this last year, and I'll say it again. Um, it's phenomenal that it's the number seventh ranked class in the country. Couple points probably could get to the top five, and if a couple things fall, a couple things fall Auburn's way at the end of the week. Travon Reed tweeted that out that he thinks it's going to be a top five class. Second of all, average rankings again. The average star rankings Auburn's fourth in the country. Okay, so it's not about just quantity, where sometimes quantity pulls you up in the rankings. The number of kids you get. I love the average star, the average rating, Auburn's fourth. And then, Zach, do you remember when there used to be years, even when Gus Melzahn had great recruiting classes? And let's give credit, you know, they'd be 10th or 11th in the country, but eighth in the SEC. It was just weird the way that well, the cookies it, 2020,
0: fell. 2020 was one of his highest, one well, may have been his highest class. They were seventh, but they were fifth in the SEC.
1: Yeah. I, to get back into the top four of the most elite conference in the country tells me that you could be one of the top elite teams in the country. That's what it takes. It takes, in my opinion, to get kids along the lines of scrimmage. Yes. It takes top six, top five, top eight classes, and then be in the top four. And now you're in the top four of an SEC that's just expanded. You're mm-hmm. top four of 16 teams instead of 14 teams. So, you know, it's just a uh, it, it's it's pretty pretty amazing, and the fact that you know again this conference is the most elite conference there is. I to me the trajectory of Auburn was always going to change when they started getting in the top three or four in the SEC and back in the top six in the country, and then got lines of scrimmage addressed, and all of those check marks were hit.
0: And Hugh Freeze talked about the lines of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. He feels really good about the two offensive linemen that they got it. And, and I love Daryl that they didn't take offensive linemen just to take offensive linemen. And there was kind of talk of that maybe six months ago over the summer. We talked about some offensive line guys that really wouldn't fit in with the rest of the class. If Auburn were to have taken them. And I'm glad that they didn't. Cause when you look at Dre Carter and Seth Wilford that, that are coming in, there's a clear path. In fact, I would be shocked if, if they didn't start at some point, at Auburn. I don't think they'll start this year, but at some point during their career at Auburn, you see a clear path of them eventually playing and eventually starting, and I think playing, and, playing at a high level for both of them. Then the defensive line, holy cow. I mean, an incredible group of young men, and we thought it might have been a little bit better. I mean, Auburn, sounds like Auburn was in it with LJ McCray until the very end so much, so it made him delay his announcement a little bit in the day, but obviously flipping Amaris Williams, the four-star from Florida, switching from Florida to Auburn. More of that defensive end, I think. And when you look at like a Malik Blockton and a TJ Lindsay, guys that you knew that you were already going to sign, that you already felt really good about, probably more interior guys. And so I'm glad that they ended up, one, able to flip a guy that you were competing with in the SEC because going into signing day, Florida was one spot ahead of Auburn. I think both an on three and the two, four, seven rankings. Clearly that's not the case anymore. Auburn hopped them, but you've got defensive linemen now, several of them, and they all are kind of good at different things. And when you look at the layout of this class, there's so much balance across all of it. I mean, it's almost like they got a mini team because it's so spread out across positions outside of wide receiver, but you can play a bunch of receivers at the same time. I love this class, Daryl. This is the best class Auburn's had in a long time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I saw a stat, I think, that Auburn got the number one rated player in Mississippi, North Carolina, and Alabama. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive from a recruiting standpoint. The lines of scrimmage, you got a guy like Waller who plays, you know, on the outside. You got a guy like Williams who plays, I guess, plays Edge or Jack. I mean, they just really did a good job of diversity, in who we talked about early on when he signed or committed. He could he could probably put on some weight and move inside his coach, high school coach Granger Shook confirmed that. So I I just the diversity of this class, you need some, you need some guys in the secondary, boom, you got them. You need some linebackers, which I think holy crap, did they get some linebackers? Defensive line. And look, you make a great point about DeAndre Carter and this and, and the uh Wilford kid. Connor Liu played significant snaps this year as a freshman. So, yeah. if Luke can, who's to say that a guy like DeAndre Carter couldn't, who probably is a little bit more polished or further along, especially going to modern-day high school. So, yeah, I don't think they'll have to because of the depth along – off or the you know, the starters at offensive line. But when we talk about missing on guys in the portal, who's to say DeAndre Carter wouldn't be just as good or better than some of these guys you were going after in the portal to be a backup or to provide depth? I, I, he's a stud. He's one of the few yeah. guys that is an offensive lineman to say – That kid may play significant snaps on the offensive line. And so, and then, of course, the receivers, the best receiving class that Auburn has ever signed. And I heard somebody say that I really, really trust and I really respect. It used to be on a coaching staff at LSU that mentioned at the end of the day all the hype, and I love Perry Thompson and I love Cam Coleman, that all the hype that they get, that at the end of the day he feels like Bryce Kane may be the dude that by the time he's a senior has his biggest mark. I don't know if that's the case. The only reason why I bring it up is to say, look how balanced, look how deep and special this class is. When you talk about a kid that's a four-star, perhaps overtaking two five-star, it's that good. It's that good.
0: Yeah, it's all all about just the overall talent going up. I mean, obviously, Perry Thompson and Cam Coleman are huge, but they're also huge because it makes – Bryce Kane and Malcolm Simmons, your third and fourth best receivers in this class, which makes your whole roster better. There's no question about it there's a there's a popular uh guy on Twitter. His name is Kyle on twitter. I don't know him personally, but he's got a he's got a ton of followers and he's pretty active and he says a lot of good stuff. One of the things he pointed out was the average player ranking in this year's class, I believe it's ninety point two five. And he points out that in the two years under Brian Harson, the two years of the potato famine, he had just, I believe just two players over that.
1: Yeah. Over the average, he just had two players. I saw that tweet,
0: which is, which is crazy. He had two it's years insane. to do it. It's insane, but it really shows how just the level of talent is ticking up and it's not going to happen overnight. The transfer portal helped a little bit this past season. I think this off season, and we'll see what what they do with the rest of the portal window. but. The overall level of talent is trending up, and that's all that matters. You stack two or three of those back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, the program's where it needs to be, or at least a lot closer. So that was pretty eye-opening when I saw that.
1: I think one of the greatest things I heard today and really made a lot of sense, and it's an explanation for some of the people that thought Auburn missed on a lot of guys in the portal portal early or why, we're, was it you free says we wanted – this group of high school kids and these recruits and this recruiting class, to feel like the focus was on them and the attention was on them. Now that that's over and behind Auburn, all the attention and chasing and pursuing can go back to the portal because they just didn't want this class to feel slighted. They wanted to feel like they were the full focus. Now that the ink is dry, watch how hard Auburn's fixing to hit the portal.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we'll and we'll talk about portal plans maybe in tomorrow's episode. We'll focus fully on this class like this coaching staff did on today's show. I want to talk about my best moment of the day. Daryl, I want to get your best moment of the day as well because I think something happened in front of all of us and I don't know if everybody caught it. We'll discuss that in just a moment. Right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. Daryl, you have used LinkedIn Jobs as you are the president of your company and uh, you're over hiring and LinkedIn jobs, you've used them before. It makes the whole process a lot easier.
1: It really does. It gives you so much information. They do the background checks for you, screening. You have a, a lot of, a, of detailed job history. I think the biggest thing that I've, I've learned, Zach, is the matching. I think that they don't even recommend candidates that aren't going to be a good fit. And that takes a lot of the leg work out for me so that I can enjoy things like company Christmas parties.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Or a recording podcasts from your yes. office, which is great. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on It's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free. Of course, terms and conditions apply. Daryl, I think the biggest moment, and there were a lot of really good moments, and I think you can make the case that Amiris Williams flipping was one of them. I think you can make the case of the big picture at the end of the day, like none of your guys flipped, but I'm going to zero in on Perry Thompson. I think there was a stronger push from Alabama than anybody from the Alabama side would like to admit. And I think Perry Thompson first grabbing that Auburn hat, putting it down, grabbing that Alabama hat, making it touch his head, and then throwing it across the room and revealing the Auburn jersey underneath his jacket. I think that was symbolic of a lot of things because how many times have we seen this where it's a TJ Yeldon or a Ruben Foss. Ruben Foss didn't go up to the signing day, but so many times we've seen a guy that was a surefire Auburn guy and Alabama sweeps into the last second and takes them away. And I think Hugh Freeze kind of called him out a little bit. They didn't say, he didn't say it directly, but I think he said enough where it was clear if you were paying attention and kind of said, "Hey, there are folks that, you know, try to do things the night before and, you know, that may not be the way you want to do things and, and all of that." I think Perry Thompson took his shot. I think Q Freeze took his shot. And I think Auburn looked up north to Tuscaloosa and says, "You're not doing this anymore. You're not." Sorry. Maybe maybe the old Auburn, but Auburn's getting back to where it needs to be and that was a huge step in doing that.
1: It was my biggest date moment of the day, too. And the yeah. reason why is I'm I'm gonna be very transparent. Me and you, I don't care what Alabama fans say, we know differently. We had some information last night and was getting text and getting part of a group chat that was very, it was very it was, it was concerning. very concerning. I, I went to bed lot, last night. Yeah. I went to bed last night worried, and here's why. Perry Thompson, in my opinion, from a five star standpoint, I think Walker White got the train rolling because of how absolutely great recruiter he is. And what an ambassador for Auburn! But when Perry Thompson flipped, and then you know all those others that he set the tone. Yeah, it would have been to me. That's why I went to bed last night with all the intel that we had, very concerned two night, with two, the nights push. Ago. Two,
0: nights, two nights ago. Two nights
1: ago. Yes, yeah, sorry. Two nights ago. The night,
0: the night before signing day.
1: Yes. That. Um, the optics of Perry Thompson. Perry Thompson flipping back to Alabama and Auburn losing him after getting him from a flip were worse to me than the whole – like I felt like if I would have been given a choice and someone said, what's better for Auburn or could it be worse for Auburn, Perry Thompson flipping back to Alabama or K.J. Bolden flipping from Florida State to Auburn, the Perry Thompson optics would have looked worse. You see what I'm saying? I mean, K.J. Bolden wasn't committed to Auburn. That to me was the most crucial commit to hold on to in this class. The way it looked, who he would have flipped to matters. And that he was the first kind of five star that got the ball rolling. When that happened today, and the way he did it was legendary too. When that happened today, it was the most important moment and the best moment of the day. I I, I honestly I sighed, I had a big sigh of relief. I mean, I just was concerned. And mm-hmm. it was, it was very important that he kept to his commitment and that he didn't flip back.
0: And props to this coaching staff, Auburn, Auburn football's social media and creative team. They showed um, I guess part of the celebration. And Marcus Davis, the wide receivers coach, was certainly a big part of that. And
1: you should the Twitter I campaign mean, was huge too. Mm-hmm. I go right. lie to you. I mean, I know people underestimate that kind of stuff, but a lot of love was shown to him last night and appreciation for getting this thing rolling. I think yeah. that matters.
0: Right. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and so many folks were wanted to, of course, pick at that and say, Well, it wasn't just uh Perry Thompson, you know, Walker White was a big part of it. And it's like, yeah, okay, like that's not the point. The point was everybody was loving on Perry Thompson the night before signing They let people do it. There was a reason yeah. why people we were doing it. There so, was because there was concern. I mean, let's just was. be honest, there was. There was. And so um, other other n- moments that I thought were uh were pretty cool. I mean, it it was just kind of s- It was cool seeing, and and you can say this every year, but it just felt different this year for some reason. Every time there was a signing, and the order kind of surprised me. I I don't know why I just pictured Walker White just waking up and sitting in his NLI and they announcing it like right at 6 a.m. I don't know why I pictured that. I just did. But it was cool seeing all of these come in, and it's like we've been following these kids for so long. And it's like finally, like the joy on their face. Cam Coleman's was pretty cool. Like he. There's a picture montage that somebody put on Twitter where he's like mean mugging, straight face. And then as soon as he gets on sign the signature, just like the smile that came out. And it's like, it, you know, we're excited for these kids, but they're way more excited to come here than we are, you know, b- seeing them just because they're this is their dream. This is their dream. And seeing it come true was was pretty neat.
1: Well, you freeze alluded to it. And I 100 percent agree. When you recruit a kid, you're also recruiting their family. In some yeah. cases, that's good. And as we know, in some cases, that can be bad. Sure. Um, and you dodge a bullet. But I think that he was very, very you know, detailed and very direct in his praise of the kind of kids he felt like this class was made up of and the families they came from. And I could just be focused in on it and it could just be a coincidence, but I just it just seemed to me that these families this year that were surrounding these kids were just as big a part of this process and so excited and so visible with this process. You know, you got Riddick's grandma, you got Walker White's mom, who we've come to love, you know, all that, that just that whole family dynamic of it truly is you're recruiting the whole body, the whole, the whole family. So, that was special. I think that was the other special moment for me. Not to sound corny, it just it just seemed like I agree with you, Freeze. He he recruited good kids that came from good families.
0: What was your reaction when Ameris Williams made it official and announced he was slipping from Florida to Auburn?
1: I think you know the fact that he was the number one rated player in North Carolina. He was another defensive lineman, and you get him from Florida. It was just it was it was to me kind of like the cherry on top. I, I felt yeah. like. Well, number one, that takes you from 10 to 7 or 8 or whatever. So it gets you into the top 10. So that that's why that's really, really big. That commitment moved Auburn from 10 essentially to seven. And I think that's, you know, that's something that's that can't be understated. I like the player that he is, and I like that he was a flip. You know, you got three flips last year, four this year. It's gonna have to happen. That's what the, the elite programs do. They come that's in right. and post. They come that's in and right. late and night Auburn, and, and, and
0: Auburn took care. Auburn took care of the, their guys, which is they which held is off
1: weird. theirs. Auburn did not lose anybody to a flip. Mm-hmm. They didn't right? They flipped four. They did not. And they almost flipped a couple more, but they did not lose anybody. That, and that's big. That really yeah. ret- retention well, is big. Collins.
0: Like technically didn't sign with Auburn who is a commit, but that, that has been kind of done behind the scenes for a while. It seems like so. Um, yeah, yeah, just just touching on the technicalities here. As far as uh, SEC schools that finished ahead of Auburn, Georgia, Alabama, and Texas, which that felt weird to say out loud, but yes, Texas is an SEC team now.
1: Could you imagine, though, that, that's so... We don't need to just glaze or gloss over that. Let's just say it was last year. Okay, let's just say it wasn't the new SEC and it was the SEC we've come to live with. The two perennial powers... That are winning national championships and always in the playoffs. Yeah. One, two, you expect, and bam, there would have been it's Auburn right there at three.
0: It's insane. It's insane. That, that, that's that's
1: heady company right there.
0: But you, <clears> you <throat> just look at the teams around where Auburn finished, right? And this is an Auburn team that so many people outside of Auburn want to point at and say, oh my gosh, six and six. Oh my gosh, New Mexico State. Oh my gosh, fourth and 31 against Alabama to lose it. Mm, stop. And it's like, uh, uh, but that's the that's the narrative. Daryl is like Auburn's not getting anything going, and like clearly that's a load of you know what. Clearly, right. or you you don't accidentally finish with this class the way that you did. I mean Auburn is just behind. The only reason Oregon's ahead of Auburn is because they've got five more commitments. That's the only reason Oregon's ahead, and that's a that's a top program in college football right now. They were they were in the race for the college football playoff. They're ahead of Oklahoma who believes that they're going to come in and they've got all that momentum and excitement around the program. They have finished ahead of a Florida State that just finished an, uh, an undefeated season. And they probably have the easiest path to the college football playoff than anybody else in college football next year. They finished ahead of Notre Dame. They finished ahead of an LSU team that's coming off of an SEC West championship last year. And they've got Heisman Trophy winners and are about to put a bunch of guys into the league. I mean, just the perspective of who Auburn outperformed this entire recruiting cycle. We just don't need to gloss over it. Like you said, fourth in the SEC, seventh in all of college football. Yeah, you missed out on K.J. Bolden. Yeah, you missed out on L.J. McCray. And we'll see what happens with some of the offensive linemen that are announcing post-early signing day. But it was a win. It was a win. And don't let anybody tell you that it wasn't
1: yeah you know a great point on the lsu thing i'm glad you brought them up because when we talk about rarefied air and it always being alabama and georgia there always seemed to be another sec team that like got into the top five in the country and would be third right and it would be lsu they had great recruiting classes or then that one year that jimbo had that class that he couldn't do anything with and i think ended up second or third in the country um so for Auburn to kind of just leapfrog those schools, you know, you think about I I guess AM's having to pay that buyout. So maybe they don't have the NIL money they would have had if Jimbo Fisher was still there. But still, that's a traditionally rich, oil-rich program. LSU's got a ton of money, and Auburn just leapfrogged both of them.
0: Yeah, AM I mean, only has 16 commits, so they're farther down. So, yeah. You know, that I think that's worth yeah. noting.
1: They got a big flip from a Florida kid. But yeah, I I uh who didn't I don't know. flip
0: it's a just, kid though, right? Like who didn't flip a kid from Florida?
1: Absolutely. Yes. I th- I think uh, the Citadel just did. Um, they just, the Citadel just signed. Uh, uh, yeah, Florida's, talk about that
0: LinkedIn read earlier. G5 Billy, uh, he better make a LinkedIn account. <laughs> he
1: better, exactly. I, <laughs> I I guess when we have time to reflect and when the
0: transfer portal
1: madness is over, we'll we'll talk about later on another show, we have time to reflect on this, even if this class is done, even if an Eccles, or an Edwin doesn't get added, just phenomenal. I mean, just, yeah. again, in my lifetime as being an Auburn fan, I've never seen anything like it. And I, I get that there's been classes that have been ranked sixth or set but go back and, again, look at the average star rating, and it's just it – it'll different. blow you away.
0: It's different. It looks different on paper. It looks different when you look at the kids individually. It scores different. It's This is an awesome class. And doesn't
1: have a running back in this class. Typically, when you get a highly rated class – you have a really four star high, you know. Auburn's done that with a Cadillac Williams. Yeah, or they, a could have had a four
0: star, they could have kept Fat Burnett if they wanted exactly.
1: to. Exactly. What would have exactly. happened there? They would have, I mean, they would have definitely moved up because they would have been added another body, and his rating was high. So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you're right. That, that's a that's an underrated point too. And
0: yeah, maybe top Oregon, maybe, maybe, maybe your top six class.
1: But when do you see a class that's top seven, top eight that doesn't have a high profile running back? I mean, that's hard to do. Yeah, you're right, and uh, they did. And uh, right, but you know, really, though,
0: like really, if you want to like talk about just a certain off making your team better, your running back is another year of Jarquez Hunter. You know what I mean? Like that's really what it is. That's that's the only reason it didn't take was because Jarquez is staying. And so, you know, I, I think that's a big part of it. I think it's a big part of it, and that's the stuff that doesn't show up on ranking uh, rankings. I mean, when you just look at. Eugene Asante, Keontae Scott, all these guys coming back—it's big. It's big.
1: And remember, last year this class had Jeremiah Cobb, but they didn't have it for sure till February. He was True. a February signee. That's kind of interesting to think about that. How that would have been pins and needles this year.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. All right, uh, amidst all the craziness, Auburn got a new guy via the portal. Hugh Freeze announced that in his presser yesterday. We'll talk about him in just a moment, right here, unlocked on, on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel's the best place to wager on all of your sports action. Daryl, right now, new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. With the announcement of Talia Tagavailoa opting out, Auburn went from a two and a half point favorite to a seven-point favorite on FanDuel. He was the most important player in the game and he is no longer there. So if you think Auburn wins by more than a touchdown, head over to FanDuel. Or if you don't think they will, head over to FanDuel and put your money where your mouth is, once again, head over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off your sports winnings this bowl season, this holiday season. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. Daryl Auburn adds Duke linebacker Dorian Mousy. And this is a dude who's just played a ton, a ton of football. Uh, He's got like several hundred snaps all four years at Duke. And this is a guy that brings a bunch of experience to a room that already had a bunch of experience. But all of a sudden you look at it and it's a very, very deep room with Eugene Asante coming back. Dorian Mousy now brings uh, over a thousand snaps of game reps into this room. I don't expect Cam Riley to go anywhere. Austin Keys is still on this team. This is just a really veteran linebacker room.
1: I love it. This kid had 32 career starts. I don't remember if it was against Florida State or another opponent that they may have played that was a high level opponent. But I, I saw he had 15 tackles in a particular game, um, not solo, but 15 tackles. Yeah. I, you know, look, it, it's people are trying to compare it to a side to a transfer portal like what happened with Larry Nix. I guess the difference to me is this kid made 32 starts for a power five school.
0: Yeah. He played
1: Clemson. He played Florida state. He played Notre Dame. I mean, you know, played some good schools. And so I love it. I mean, I think he'll get snaps significance. I mean, how do you not, you start 32 games. You're going to, they're going to find a place for you on the field. They're going to find.
0: Daryl In 2021, he played 736 snaps on defense.
1: I mean, you're going to, you're going to use him.
0: How did that happen?
1: Yeah, uh, well, I, that goes you probably goes to show you how thin Duke was at linebacker. But you know, with That's Keys crazy. and Asante, like you said, though, this is great depth, and the kid will play. He'll see some snaps. He'll get in some sets, and uh, I like it. I like it. It's a so, gr- it's a nice pickup.
0: I saw I saw the comparisons to Larry Nixon, and I get it—a guy who's played a ton. I think this looks more like Austin Keys a year ago because he's played a lot of snaps and you looked at his tape and it's like, this guy's good. His rate his just his grades stink. Analytics grades, not academic grades. I'm sure he's very smart. He's probably a graduate from Duke. He's probably very smart. But as far as like what pro football focus and a lot of the analytics, the grades that they gave keys, Austin keys at Ole Miss, it wasn't good because Ole Miss's defense stinks. His grades at Duke aren't very good. When you look at the PFF grades and defensive grades and, and all of that, but Duke's defense stunk a lot of those years, despite Mike Elko being this coach that a lot of people propped him up to be. Don't really get that. But I think this guy's a solid addition. It's a one-year rental. And I think he can kind of set the tone. And I think Demarcus Riddick and Joseph Phillips can ask him a bunch of questions and make them better over the course of their Auburn career. I, I don't know. I, I like it for several reasons.
1: I do too. Uh, this has become our position of strength for Auburn where it was a big question mark last year. Is it the when deep you talk about,
0: outside of running back? Is linebacker the deepest position group on the team? Yes.
1: Yeah, and it's also got elite guys coming in. You know, I mean, you've got elite recruits. Besides wide receiver, it's the best position group in the recruiting class. So you've got guys that are coming back with with Riley and Keyes and Asante and now Mousy, and then you bring in three thoroughbreds from the recruiting class to learn behind them that doesn't have to play significant snaps right away. Um, That's huge. So I like this signing. I like it for more than just a depth piece. I like it that he'll contribute and he'll make some plays because he's used to it. He spent a lot. He made a lot. 32 career starts in power five football is nothing to sneeze at.
0: Yeah. And just talking to a few guys that cover Duke, I wouldn't be shocked if off the field, we see a little bit of you, um, Elijah McAllister, just as far as like solid young man, a guy that you don't mind representing your university. Wouldn't it be shocked if we saw some of that too?
1: Could he make an appearance at SEC media days? I doubt Mm. it. I doubt it. Well, we didn't think Elijah McAllister would either.
0: Yeah, I, I I think Hugh Freeze has his guys a little bit more. Now, in fact, if Peyton Thorne's not one of them, that would surprise me. If Hunter Hunter's not one of them, it would surprise me. And if Eugene is not the third one. Yeah, that's a good point. Me. There's
1: a lot of senior veteran leaders coming back that he didn't have last yeah, year. Or,
0: or Keontae Scott. Like, no. Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't think an incoming transfer is going. Jason
1: Jones. I mean, there some yeah, there's some candidates. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, but still, yeah. I mean, I, I think he could still be a solid leader for this room. No question about it. Fun. Signing day is more fun now than it used to be. Oh, Thank you for yeah. recapping it with me, buddy. How can you check out everything that you've uh, you've got going on?
1: Follow me on X DAP sixty four ten. Um, obviously we do live basketball postcasts, and I think I'll be back on with you again sometime this week, right?
0: Uh yeah, I think tomorrow, right? Can tomorrow. You tomorrow, you coming back tomorrow? Oh, absolutely, right. yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm going go sure to go like, be sure to click that subscribe button so you uh, you know to come back here and like the video, and we'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.